0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Ordinary. I'm here with Brie Bellevance.
1: Hi, guys. I love that last name. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank my parents for it.
0: <laughs> and uh, we're here in her little studio. Uh, where are we?
1: We're at 163 Sterling Road yes. beside a chocolate factory, if that Oof. means anything. Perfect location. Yep. Across <laughs> from the Drake Commissary. <laughs> And uh,
0: yeah, we're here in her little studio. Brie does stick and poke. Brie does threading. Brie does microblading. What else do you do, Superwoman? Uh, <laughs> I
1: several party tricks. Um, it all started with makeup and an obsession with that from a very young age. You know, having an older sister with a a mysterious drawer of shimmery... Uh, makeup things really uh, really got me pretty obsessed, so I do makeup. That's how it all started. I became makeup artist 10 years ago, and then it just spilled into brows so naturally um, about a year and a half later, so I do brow threading. I used to do brow waxing, but I've kind of converted to threading um, for my own reasons. Waxing is still a great option, everybody, but um, I, I do love the threading process a little bit more. I do eyelash tinting and brow tinting. Um, and as she said, microblading, stick and poke tattooing, and yeah, all those party <laughs> tricks, a little bit of everything, but, uh, I love them all dearly. So I
0: think, uh, where we first kind of want to start is how we met. So <laughs> we met in a microblading course or micro pigmentation course, yes. uh, that we took together and I automatically gravitated. like you were just like the friendliest like you just exuded positivity. You're like the epitome of positivity, uh. and um, I, not so creepily, like gravitated towards your personality because I just felt like it was just so welcoming, and you were just so friendly, um, and just open to helping me figure things out because it was like totally new to me. Like I never ventured into micropigmentation or the beauty world whatsoever, so I had no idea what I was what I was in for, yeah. right? Uh, and yeah, we did that for about a week. Was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, the course a was week. the course was about a week, and I was just I was just so intrigued by this world, and I wanted to know more about it. Unfortunately, it wasn't something that I felt as though ultimately I could pursue. I was just so nervous about fucking up someone's brows <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh the old microlade space <laughs> yeah i just
0: i just want to know from your perspective you've been doing it for a little while now yeah uh and even people's makeup how do you kind of get away from that fear of like oh my god is this person gonna like it
1: am i gonna royally screw this up <laughs> it's uh there's always I feel that if you operate on about 10% of that fear at all times, your client will always be happy because you're not, um, you're not being complacent, you're not assuming, you're not Um, You're embracing your artistic side of yourself and you're excited to show them what you can do, but you're really doing the service for them. So it's about being super confident in yourself and your work while still keeping your feet on the ground and, and really making sure you're doing what that client wants, whether you have to hold their hand and walk them through each little step of it, Or they have no idea and you have to kind of make a little bit of a judgment call and try and get to know a person in like five minutes before you thread their eyebrows and that I think in itself is just the people skills and getting to know the person that you're about to do a service on is like the most important thing for them to enjoy their actual appointment and for them to get a service where they love it but you're also doing your art as well exactly
0: and For me, it's just one of those situations where I'm such an over-analytical person that uh, I would just assume that you kind of have to learn to get over that. And like you said, just do your art and do what's best for your client and just kind of be, not content, but just be satisfied with the fact that you've given it your all. And that's all that you can do, really. 100%. And, and I that, think it's just like a general thing with life, too. 100%. <laughs> and that
1: is something, it does take a while because you're just always striving for perfection. But perfection actually is impossible. It's just something that we can always try and emulate to the best of our abilities. And, you know, they're not sisters. Um, they're Or they're not twins. They're sisters. That's always something that people say. But even in that regard... You just have to do your best, and if you're putting your passion, your heart and soul into an actual service, that should at least make it so you can sleep at night. (laughs) For sure, for sure. So you didn't always work in
0: your little studio, which is now pretty much your own. Yes. You started off uh, uh, doing microblading and
1: threading somewhere else? Or you were just doing threading? it's been it's been a little bit of a journey i went from um, makeup artistry and then makeup the makeup artist world is definitely super super competitive there's a lot of angles to it so i ended up working in a place where you know they said we would love for you to do brows too and it just coincidentally um a couple years before i had royally screwed mine up and i had spent a lot of time trying to figure out the science of my own eyebrows and becoming completely obsessed with them and so I already had a natural obsession with it and it kind of started there, I was waxing there and then that led into another job where it became a little bit more sales um, which didn't really speak to me as much. Some people are just so naturally great at like helping people with products and stuff but I really am about the art and service. Um, and I just slowly transitioned into threading and makeup out of another studio which was amazing I spent several years there it was a great platform um, I was doing my thing all day every day um, got me efficient and really familiar with the services and now I was just striving to do my own thing and I To be honest, like as a Torontonian, just with (laughs) rent being through the roof and things are just like not the cheapest here. I never actually thought it was possible. And that's me being an insanely, nay, an annoyingly optimistic person. (laughs) You are. Saying that this is (laughs) impossible. And it actually really is. And this is a person just living their day-to-day life, going with the flow, but also having a little bit of a dream on the burner as well. So, it's it's definitely a possible thing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Would you
0: say working for others definitely taught you more about running your own business?
1: 100%. There's moments where, you know, in certain scenarios where you're just like, I don't know if this is right for me right now or maybe you get frustrated with something, but each each place I've been, each interaction, each job, everything I've done has led me to this point, and I've acquired some knowledge or some something to take away from it that I could even if learn it was like negative or hundred percent. Right. You just like as humans, we learn from from all of it, and so I really try and stash each little thing in my pocket and take it with me, and really try and and use that to my advantage because it's really hard to learn that. Um, otherwise, it's that kind of being in it. So, if there was ever a point where um I didn't feel like a place was for me, I still took as much as I could out of it. And that's I
0: think the problem for a lot of people in general, where i don't I don't want to say in general, maybe it's more this generation, the generation that's younger than us, maybe yeah. the generation after us where as soon as things get hard it's like well i'm not i'm not in it anymore and i think what we need to realize more and more as a society is you may hate it but again like you said you're going to learn something from it and it's going to take you to the next milestone of your journey whether whatever you learned was was positive or negative. Sometimes you have to go through those negative things to realize who you are as a person, what you want out of your life, and that you're not willing to settle for certain things. But you do sort of have to eat shit for a little bit sometimes.
1: Oh, definitely. 100%. <laughs> and that's just what makes those moments of just, like, getting to those places just, like... So 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 exciting and just the payoff is just the best feeling in the world and I have a I actually have a friend um and their favorite saying pretty sure they got it tattooed on themselves was just the beautiful struggle like part life just pretty much is a perpetual struggle laced with a lot of happiness and amazing things in between but it is a beautiful struggle like I wouldn't expect anything else even when things are just you know those strange moments where like things are kind of sunshine and lollipops right now like things are pretty good i still know that there's going to be like another hurdle to come another life lesson another journey to take even though you know you feel like oh i'm here there's so many curveballs so you can just you just do your best, and I think we were already nerding out already today, and it's just <laughs> about... It's about the day-by-day, day. and if you're really just doing everything you can, make sure you're staying sane. Exactly. And you know... Trying to... Don't trying wear to yourself, yourself out too thin.
0: Trying to maintain that balance but it's really difficult
1: really it's it's
0: very difficult because when you become so obsessed or passionate about something I feel like they kind of intertwine in a a little bit Um, but you sometimes it can take you into this mind frame where that's solely what you're thinking about and keeping your mental self healthy and your physical self kind of takes you know, to the, becomes like sort of a back burner situation. Absolutely. And, but that's just, I don't know, I think that's just the beauty of life and what I'm still figuring out is the struggle is what makes it exciting.
1: So exciting. If it was
0: happy all the time... Like that would just be so boring.
1: Like so, so boring. Even <laughs> I have a like friends that'll go. I went to a psychic and I was super pumped. I just made a a soul decision. We will say. Um, I went and saw a psychic, but I didn't really want to know about the future. I was looking for a little bit of comfort and a just big decision I made at the time. And you know, sometimes you just look to the universe and you're just like, what the fuck? I don't even know. <laughs> And sometimes you just need to go to a psychic lady on College Street and 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 have a friend.
0: That has a really nice neon sign outside
1: of (laughs) it. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta go see that lady for just like a little bit of comfort, but not to give away. I find the mystic in life is what makes it so exciting like not knowing what you're going to be capable of like that's so cool like who knows but i've I've, been so intrigued
0: by um going to see a psychic though it's actually really really cool
1: it's really cool i feel like you should like find find your girl and by your girl maybe have someone that's maybe seen her before so you know that she's not gonna tell you tell you like your end of day is that day and just like (laughs) you know maybe more just like oh, I see you've made a decision. This may happen. Or, you know, right. this is this is good for you and everyone's healthy this year. Just things that can be just a little bit comforting. An external source. And sometimes sure. you just feel like a little hug from the universe. Exactly. When you just get those little connections and can kind of piece those things together. So it definitely helps. And I think definitely the mystic in life is just kind of keeps us growing and keeps us excited to see like I don't know what I'm capable of let's see and you just keep operating in your way while just having goals at hand and and just things just keep growing and sometimes I think we forget like I'm 31 you are 27 27 we've lived about a third of our lives like I I feel like such an adult like you know (laughs) it's like oh look at I have a little business now like you feel like such an adult like you made it I'm just like holy crap, there's still like, I've only lived like maybe a third of my life. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder what retirement Brie's going to be like. <laughs> she's going to dress like Weekend at Bernie's and she's going to like have a house in Muskoka. Right? Like, <laughs> what is retired Brie going to be like? <laughs> so, it's all just, it's all very exciting. And yeah. And, and it's, it's all just, just a
0: phase. A hundred percent. Everything is just a phase and I'm yeah so intrigued by the way that I've changed in a short time, in about a year. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I'm a different person completely I have so much more confidence I'm so much more open to different things things that I would never imagine trying if you'd asked me like two years ago Yep, and I'm just I, I'm still I'm still struggling through the the uh, over analyzing of things and over worrying about things and just letting things kind of flow but I'm, I'm I'm slowly but surely getting there if you ask my boyfriend. <laughs> it takes
1: a lot to even acknowledge that side of yourself and and even just being able to call yourself out on those little things sometimes can just, you know, slow down the heart palpitations just a little bit when you're just like maybe having a little freak out for work and it just helps you, I would say, just like check yourself a little bit and just makes you feel normal cuz every not everyone else, but we're all human beings. We have so many layers. There's a lot of people going through really similar things. But I would say same, same, but different. Yeah. We're all just doing our song and dance. And, um, yeah, it's definitely tricky. I just want to know how
0: you got into your obsession with brows specifically. I know you ah. said, like, you had kind of effed up your brows. Big and then you became overly obsessed. But just like the meticulous attention that I witnessed today that you paid to every little (laughs) piece of my brows, (laughs) how do you continue to maintain that? How do you maintain that focus and that vision? Like everyone's face is different. Everyone's
1: brows are different. Then there's the stylized properties of it as well. They're like, what is this person's style? Exactly. I think what actually helped with that was doing people's makeup because it's not even just a structural thing I'm going to do to someone. It's like, oh, colors. People just might like, know what? Cindy? Cindy? This is not to a particular Cindy. (laughs) This is a random Cindy, for example. (laughs) Cindy hates purple. I would never know she hates purple until I put it like, you really have to be like a little detective but also, you kind of operate, like, I naturally love, i I feel like I treat people genuinely because I'm really excited about the interaction anyways. I'm so grateful for anyone who even sits in my chair. If you come to an appointment with me, I'll probably thank you when you get here and thank you so much for coming when you yes. leave because I am so insanely grateful, so... That in itself, that's not being complacent and being like, whatever, I'll just do the same thing I did on Kathy. Again, not a particular Kathy. This is a random Kathy.
0: You know, Love these generic white women right? names.
1: And then, <laughs> Cindy, Kathy, you're great gals. Deborah. Brows are on fire. Dead. Um, So, and also, it's also acknowledging kind of like just your natural knack. As a kid... I was like a special kind of crazy. I would literally (laughs) take one of those rainbow crayons, meticulously color front and back every square millimeter of that page and give it to my mom. And she actually thought I was psycho, but it was just (laughs) an obsessive attention to any form of detail. But I actually did get that from my mom. She was always um, an amazing sewer, did lots of detailing in that as well. My brother is an artist, so it's just... It's It's in the genes. I can't unsee it. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just like, man, I wish I could just like do this faster. Or I wish I could just, maybe there's a different way I should be approaching this. But I just have an inner need. It's this perfectionism. It's just how I operate. And so translating that into stick and poke, it's like the best outlet for me. Like I have a gross amount of patience as well oh my god like, just because you're
0: taking one single needle yeah and repeatedly yeah just
1: poking at someone's skin mm-hmm. to create a shape yes yeah. so even like making a line like a line i've actually done a stick and poke tattoo on on brit's lovely hand yeah and so too. she has a cool line that goes down her finger but when i make that line it's actually a big long skinny rectangle and it's um it's really yeah, it takes forever. But when you just know these kind of things about yourself, I'm like, okay, maybe not patient in every single category, but when it comes to something like this You just it's zoned just right in. The amount of times any client listening to this me <laughs> saying, Okay, I'll be right back. I'm just gonna get in the zone and then I'll be fun again. Yeah. How many times have you heard me say <laughs> that? And it's just like then I know I need to give people Um, their best brows it's just I was always kind of like a a visual kind of keener like that even in public school my remember Bristol board projects loved them right mine (laughs) would look sweet it'd be about polar bears and then it'd be all in perfect glitter writing the content horrible so many (laughs) spelling errors but it looked fly and it was just something I was always just into a neat like aesthetic kind of art and if it took a lot of patience to get to that end goal it was so my jam I don't know why (laughs) it's a part of me and I'm using it for brows and it's working out well
0: (laughs) when you look at someone's brows do you already envision what you see yeah they're gonna look like totally like you already have a like an
1: image it's just um I I do kind of see it but then also I can look at some brows that are just like they're really overgrown, which is kind of my favorite thing ever. Yeah. I love, like, a fresh, you love neglected... love, like I love it. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be thick. No full brow pressure out there, everybody. It's just, <laughs> I love a neglected brow. There's just so much room for me to work my magic, but you still feel like you're leaving with a natural brow where I haven't, you know, thinned it out too much or anything. It just right. feels like your brow is sharp, clean, and shaped. Love a neglected brow, but also... Sometimes I look at it and it's just like, all right, let's get started and see where this takes us because it's (laughs) going to be a journey for both of us. It's going to be a journey for both of us. But (laughs) again, with patience and just trusting yourself and, you know, not being complacent, that's where you get in trouble with doing services to someone when you're just kind of just in your zone and you're not really thinking about what they want or you're you're working on autopilot is the worst idea. You just want to be in it, really mentally in it. And if you are, you're just going to create some magic.
0: That is crazy to hear. It's super <laughs> It's super crazy to hear just, cause I've spoken to a couple of artists and just the thought process is so different than if you were to speak to anybody else. You get like this totally different person. And I know like artists in themselves are unique as well. Like it's just not just one genre and they all think the same. Yep. But in a general sense, there's such a stark difference in the mentality of an artist where you're so obsessed with your craft that and you become so zoned in on something and you create something so beautiful that it's just all it's it's all worth it in the end like that obsession and that passion And even if it's something as as simple as brows, because there are people out there like, okay, it's just brows or or it's just makeup. But for me, and I know a lot of people out there, and I know for you, it's not just that. You're giving something to someone to make them happier and to see a different sort of look on their
1: face. And I mean, that is their face. That's what they see every day. 100%. And it's like, that's why I do it. I love like... Normally by the end of an appointment, I'm still like, even though maybe I've done it already 10 times that day, I'm still super excited. Each appointment, like I'm so pumped to show you your brows because it's also... A lot of brow scenarios you're just like you're blinded by the thread you're like tears are everywhere I want to make it like everything (laughs) tissues lots of tissues but it's it's nice to make it it is beauty Mm -hmm. is pain (laughs) but it's nice to make it just an interactive ritual where a client still feels like they're a part of it but then at the same time they can just leave it in your hands it's a really special thing and it's The trust is amazing and truly, like this point, I don't think it's always been this way at all. I remember even just starting out makeup school, doing foundation on someone, they looked (laughs) real good. (laughs) took me 45 minutes to get the foundation match color. (laughs) To get like a good layer of that on, not too cakey. Nice and pasty, really pale (laughs) about three shades too light, That, that took me about 45 minutes. And I prayed for the moment that I could just do it. And I didn't have to approach it with such anxiety and just such a science. And you could just see it. Just like a, like Bob Ross. Just like painting a tree. You can yes. just like bust it out. And oh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. That fro, hey? Oh, my God. That's he pro. is an inspiration. He is. <laughs> I, can, I
0: could sit there and watch him in front of a canvas for hours. If that's all that was on, I would, I would do it. He rocks it out.
1: Yeah, Bob Ross does rock it out. Did you see that meme of the tree painting Bob Ross? No. Look it up, people. (laughs) It's it's pretty sweet. It'll uh, give you a channel into my dad humor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you first started, or maybe, I don't know if you still feel it now, did you ever walk away from an appointment and feel like, I don't actually know how that went, or I don't know if I felt 100% confident with that?
1: Yep, it's definitely a part of it. And I think just what I've always done, even if I was just like, oh, I didn't really know what to do there, but someone's got to do it. Um, (laughs) You know, you just gotta gotta keep it real, real with your client. If your client is happy and you're setting an expectation, setting expectations is huge. Just a client knowing what to expect and working with them then you're good but even still like there's always room for improvement even like a tattoo when you're making something up of minuscule tiny dots there's bound to be a dot that I might have missed there's no sleepless nights about it cuz I'm not <laughs> a machine I am not a robot so it's just like you really just have to understand that you're a human being doing the best you can um but then also client relations are like the biggest thing and just like working Definitely. with your client cuz that's They need to feel like they trust you. Whose browser are you going to do if there's no one in your (laughs) chair,
0: Exactly. We were were talking about that earlier where, especially in the tattoo industry, because both of us have our fair share of tattoos, Mm -hmm. you can certainly get a colorful array of personalities when you interact with tattoo artists. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's not the greatest because I don't know what the mentality is. But what I feel is they are so they feel like they are so talented, which they are, but they feel like they're talented. Their talent speaks for itself. They don't have to be personable. They don't have to give that customer service. And that is completely wrong.
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's some just people are artists and they are people and they'll operate in their own way and what works for them. But it's um, whether you're doing your art on someone or not. I think just treating someone like a, a human being is a pretty sweet way to roll. <laughs> yeah,
0: and just it's a permanent mark on their body. A hundred percent. Just interacting with them throughout the process, asking them where the idea came totally. from, you know, behind I, the idea. I
1: definitely respect a good zone. Sometimes For I'm sure. like, okay, this is like I can't even breathe when I'm about to do this line. It has to be so straight and perfect. But then also for me, and I think this comes with working on people's faces with microblading, I am right there. And even me having microblading done, I am a squeamish individual. Tattoos are wonderful, but I do not look forward to a tattoo. That is a spicy time. I really feel that if I am putting that client at ease or at as much comfort as I can, my service that I do turns out so much better. If I feel like that person is just, like, feeling a bit anxious, coming from, like, a a naturally anxious person, maybe, just, like, super aware, I just, it helps me work better, too, knowing that client is just, like, as comfy and just chill as they can be as I them repeatedly for two hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as we go through your many talents, um, oh, you. <laughs> if you, for those who don't know what microblading
1: is, could you explain a little bit? Yeah, microblading is so it's your longer term result without nailing down your lifetime brow. So microblading is done with a manual tool, it's not done with a machine. There'd be no buzzing in your face. Um, it's made of tiny little micro needles that are attached to the end of this tool, and um, it's not actually a blade. It's not actually a blade. It's I don't understand to...
0: microblading. I know <laughs> it doesn't sound like a very good time. No, so but I get it because like you're making like a blade of
1: hair. Yeah, like, kind I, I get of. that. You're like doing a little bit of a slicey motion. Yes, but very superficial is actually like very similar to like a little again this is not gonna sound wonderful <laughs> more on the level of like a little baby paper cut so we're right. not right on the dermal layer like a tattoo like that's in your skin like you're riding that out <laughs> for the rest of your life it fades it sags it's yeah, still there it's there <laughs> where this is just like right on the layer of skin just above that and so it makes it semi-permanent so um, yes it's not a blade it's made of these like Ultra, ultra tiny little baby micro needles that are kind of in the shape of a blade. It makes like a little Velcro sound, which people don't like very it much. Does. But honestly, you kind of like, you tune it out eventually. And I tell people, and, and you I get a it, little
0: numbed, you get a little numbed as well before. I really feel
1: like I've nailed my numbing process. Great. There's a bit of a flow in order to keep the numbing up. And I feel like I definitely got that down. I have some people that fall asleep, and then maybe someone that are just more naturally very aware that I am microblading their face that are just like they're with me but you know they're they're tuning out sometimes. Facial
0: things and especially around the eyes. You're right there. Like when you were threading and that is my thing with threading. Yes. Even with waxing sometimes you get a little like tweaky because you're like you get into that defense mode right? Totally. It's just like a natural. Yeah it's a natural instinct. You're coming at these eyes and first Instinct is like, discomfort, I, I need to move away from this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but again, beauty is pain, and you just kind of go through the process and tolerate it. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> kind of. A <laughs> little bit. It's it's nice that we just do it once a month. Threading is definitely, it's not like a one and you're done little band-aid. You're just like ripping and all the hairs you're come picking, out at
0: once. You're picking like little hairs at,
1: at, at once. Yep. Or it feels yep. like it. Yes, I happen to just, Choose a spicier line of work, <laughs> and that is something I've come to accept. Where I really just like wouldn't want to hurt anyone for any reason, but turns out I do stick and poke tattoos, thread, and I microblade any- people. <laughs> so you got a degree of of, of pain, and I feel like oh I'm like, I'm I feel like I'm a naturally nice person. Nice to have a nice person that's inflicting a little 100%, pain on you. A hundred percent, just to <laughs> soften it a little bit. But during microblading, microblading honestly never ever feel no one should ever push you into doing microblading ever this is if you're ever interested in microblading your best thing to do is to do some research but then also find someone where you're going to have a very real consultation because there's a lot of information that has just got kind of muffled through the grapevine let's say and there's also a lot of Um, microblading artists that maybe aren't actually certified so there's some people that might be might be tainting it a little bit for others Um, so it's just really important to get to know the person and then get to know the information and if that person if you're having a consult and they're pressuring you to book It's not your person. They should just be so happy to give you all the information you need and then leave it in your hands because even once you have the information, it might not be the time yet. You don't know what your one to two-year brow you envisioned would look like on your face, and maybe you haven't seen Cindy or Kathy with their freshly microbladed brow yet that you're clearly (laughs) treating as the guinea pig, and you're like, yeah, you should totally get microblading done. Really, so I could see what it looks like and see what it looks like when it heals. (laughs) It's cool. I get that. You should never be pushed into it, ever. It is a bit of trial and error. And you're doing that trial and error on a person. Yes. So that's... (laughs) When you're first starting out, of course. Yes, when you're first starting out. It's really... It's nice because you can... I took a a good course. And for that... Did you
0: enjoy the course? It was
1: good. (laughs) (laughs) We spent a lot of money on that good course. (laughs) So, but wait. I took a good course and then I took a really bomb diggity course okay um, in Mississauga and that's the one we took together okay which, which they were just on a level of ner- nerdy that I could totally get yes. down with I asked a 100 questions you they did didn't like me very much I
0: appreciated <laughs> it. you uh, you know what I appreciate it because I had those same questions yep and I felt every time you asked a question I was like oh my god she knows so much and she is just terrifying me even more no. with the fact that I didn't know anything. No, it's just,
1: you know, you're shelling out money for school, you're like, Oh, I'm taking notes. Oh, I'm sure am, and you're and getting like your money's worth. This information, totally. Exactly. And it's like and again when you find your passion, you're just so naturally curious, the questions never end. That was me filtering it and acknowledging I'm like, Wow, I am actually the most annoying person here and I'm pretty sure I heard three people say that they just wanna go home. <laughs>
0: And they and they did. did. Yeah, and they did say that. (laughs) I won't lie to you. That's fine. But it was. You know what? You're spending your hard-earned money on on something that will help you pursue your passion and develop more in that field. So I say ask all the freaking questions you wanna ask, girl.
1: Yes, it took me a long time to figure out what I was gonna do even, and even, I went to University of Windsor for like a cup, a hot second, just for... <laughs> did you um, graduate from that? I did not, oh, so... Girl. The, the, the telltale of University of Windsor. <laughs> University of Windsor? It's a great school. Great school, Windsor is good. <laughs> it's good. It's
0: tolerable. It's, de-
1: it's a place for people and just, But just not for me personally. I think, yeah. like, I grew up in Stratford, a little, like, artsy fartsy eccentric little place. So I'm just like, that's my own little complex. Um, but it was still, I met the, like, really cool people. Brie got mono and had to go home for a couple months. Oh, yeah. my. So, but it was the universe. <laughs> Honestly, Telling you. That friggin' universe. Um, Through mono. Yeah, so Brie got mono and had to come home. And then... um where was I going with this but yes going to University of Windsor was a thing and just really found out that that was it wasn't for me but I still took what I could from it and then just came home and saved up a bunch of money and went to makeup school instead and it was just like bless mononucleosis <laughs> it really <laughs> by the way if any of you have ever know anyone who has mono it really does suck real bad i always thought i had I a like, cousin
0: who who contract contracted
1: it contracted i guess so and because it's known as the kissing disease totally i was so lame i barely smooshed anyone but residents <laughs> blaming residents again university, university of Windsor, great school Yeah, But, um, yeah, I wasn't smooching, like, a ton of boys or anything. It just happened, and then I had to go home. Oh, my God. Um, It's the worst because
0: you're, like, bedridden, and it's apparently the flu times 100,000.
1: Yes, and it makes your lymph nodes swollen, and turns out you have a bazillion of them in your neck, which I probably should have known from my anatomy courses (laughs) that I was taking for human kinetics, but probably wasn't listening 100%. (laughs) And I was, like, I was... A pelican on steroids. It was just like all these crazy lumps all over my neck. Oh my god! I'm like a torture. person that loves a good little like you know make a nice little nest in bed, watch some movies and stuff. But, but not it when is. your throat's on fire. No, and when you're like two months, my whole sleeping routine was flipped. I was staying up. Bless Pinky in the brain. It was on. that was the jam. It was on at 4:30 in the morning. <laughs> so that sleep? really got me through or swallow oh yeah. my god yeah taking the brain. two months the so obviously you're in
0: like heavy duty antibiotics
1: oh yeah big time big time did, a...
0: did you have to be hospitalized
1: or um i they said i had the second worst case of mono oh. they've ever seen but <laughs> <laughs> but no but i drank delicious uh, gatorade and pediolite cocktails okay Really tasty stuff. A liquid diet. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you lost yeah, a lot. You crazy. got your bikini body right now. No, I actually really like didn't. the worst. Which was, like, the upsetting part. You know, when you're just like, oh, man, I got the flu. You're like, sweet, I'm going to be trimmed for the holidays. Yeah. No, I looked the same. <laughs> I was just more tired. So How I didn't Disappointing, even, Mono. I didn't even get my, like, 10-pound Mono. <laughs> 10 pounds.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, back to brows. Yeah.
1: Mono, serious.
0: <laughs> and, lov- and your lovely studio so how did the studio search process start now you gave me a little little tidbits here and there yes. you weren't even you weren't even in Toronto while you were looking for a studio space you were no in I another was in city. London. yeah I was in
1: London Ontario I went to London Ontario for a hot second just to take a break from the city I had been here for ten years and there was it was literally an actual soul decision that just kind of led me there. Um, I was kind of feeling a bit of a void from some family times I missed out on over some years, just from working really hard. And it just felt right to give it a try. I was like, Oh, London, just like a bigger city. This will be good. And London was, it was great. But then mm. literally Toronto, this temptress just kept pulling me back. <laughs> I mean, it's big it Boston helps city. that I have a handsome bearded boyfriend that is just like so dreamy and lovely to me. It's, Kind of insane. (laughs) Um, So that was probably the most pulling force. But then also, like, I have, like, 10 years of, like, amazing people that I've met here. And it's really hard. It's okay to start fresh, but knowing what you left here, it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of... I never realized that I actually spent that much time here and that I actually really feel like a Torontonian so it's hard not to it's really hard not to once you're
0: here I've been here for seven years now I mean I didn't grow up far from Toronto I grew up in Mississauga which is like a 20 minute 25 minute drive with some traffic and I would never go back to Mississauga (laughs) (laughs) as much as I loved my upbringing I loved it for what it was. I had a great childhood. There's just not as much opportunity and not as much. It's it's coming. It's yes. slowly coming. Mississauga is yes. becoming the mini Toronto for sure. Totally. But there's just not as much life and hustle and bustle yep. and accessibility in terms of transit and commuting yes, as Toronto. Uh, <laughs>
1: totally. Like everything is at your fingertips. And it's like, again, if you're an opportunist at all, leaving here is really hard even though you're like oh yeah i'm gonna save a couple hundred dollars on rent this is gonna be great it's just it's a really thriving place and if you you know if you're kind of into the beautiful struggle then it's the place to be like some magic can happen that should
0: be toronto's motto
1: (laughs) it is it is the beautiful struggle (laughs) 100 percent, and it's uh it feels so right being back but I am so glad I made the relationships I did in London. I wouldn't be where I was in Toronto without that. Like it literally is all a part of this like crazy, mysterious puzzle and it all just kind of comes together. So this studio I was <laughs> you, you I got was it like a, FaceTimed. Yeah, I did a FaceTime tour real <laughs> just like real quick as I um kind of secretly hid in a washroom when I was at work and kind of decided on your future decided on my future in about 20 minutes but it was the first time where it where I knew it was a risk but it was a risk that I had to take I literally felt the universe kick me right in the butt and say Hmm. hello go do this and you know I'm not gonna let the mystic of the universe you know make my decisions for me but I have to acknowledge almost like this little hug and this support I was actually getting from it. And, and like just the
0: intuition that you feel too.
1: Totally. And it's like, again, I'm just like, I'm I'm very much an opportunist, but also anxious, which is like a very like interesting combination. I feel you like on that. Super freaky, but it's super fulfilling at the same time. So it happened. I was threading out of some amazing places, but in moving back to Toronto, I was on a mission to do what felt really right for me. It was a full trusting my gut situation and And that it can be the most terrifying thing yeah (laughs) um and i definitely just made this decision quick literally it i made it in a day or two i saw the place on facetime bless joanna joanna if you're listening bless you you made this happen (laughs) you gave me an affordable place to just like to start my dream and i'm just like so so blessed i have to to all of you i have a loom mate a roommate that looms. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, I say, roommate, when I say roommate, when I say a roommate, she um, she has the lower level and she does looming workshops, which is just like a beautiful way of, I think it's using wool and some cotton threads. Yep. I know a lot about looming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> a ton. Um, and She's got just some beautiful pieces down there. textiles. And she mm-hmm. is killing it. She is doing lessons all the time. She's doing custom work. This building itself. So, guys, this is one sixty-three Sterling. It's kind of like a cool artist love building. It literally feels like an art, like an entire art community in one building. It's right across from the new Mocha, which is super cool. I honestly thought Sterling Road from looking from Dundas, I saw a factory. and it like, smells like chocolate. That's all there when is. When the down Uber,
0: there. Dri- I was telling you, when the Uber driver was taking me, I'm like, where am I going? Is he taking me to my death? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to be on the (laughs) 6 o'clock news?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nope, just for your fly eyebrows. (laughs) Um, But but
0: this this studio space, it it almost slipped through your fingers. Oh, very much It almost so. wasn't yours. I,
1: okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it was real. It was very much so. Joanna is a lovely person, and she, um, she had someone that was already interested in the space that she had been talking to two weeks prior. I think I found a Kijiji ad that maybe was a little bit older or someone forgot to take it off. Happens to me, like, I am currently doing that right now. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I messaged her. I had no, uh, you know, shared studio spaces, Toronto, Sterling Road. I was like, where's Sterling Road? <laughs> Turns out it's a seven-minute walk from my apartment. Oh, oh my done. god! Um, meant to be so, Like very much meant to be And so the price was just Very affordable but it is A very, it was mm-hmm. A very raw space But I feel like Toronto likes a little bit Of that industrial vibe The very west much. end, I feel like there's a lot of Community support, so even if it's That a little bit of shabby chic Or whatever they're people into like it. to call it They're kind of into it yep. And you know what, I also came to a point Where I was just like this is what I can do. Hope you like it. That's where I'm at you guys and I've just really with all the support I've gotten from clients, uh, they're very much my cheering section and operating that way and it's it's not being pressured on. You know, there's a there's lots of people that do brows and there's room for everyone and it's really not being overtaken by, you know, the pressure of someone else or how maybe they've gotten this far doing this. Just kind of being inspired by other people, but kind of Taking doing things at your at your, at your, your pace well. and doing your own thing—it's so much more fulfilling. It's you're not in an endless competition about with the endless competition that there is in this world. You might as well do your own thing, do it well, and hopefully people will just kind of naturally gravitate. And you know, if you're a genuine person, that's uh, that'll that'll definitely help. People just want to have have good feels during their <laughs> appointment, and I'm
0: and at the end of the day too. Ultimately, your biggest competition is yourself.
1: The person that
0: will stand in your way the most or
1: question the most is you. Always, every friggin' time. The Zoom option on Instagram will always get you into trouble. You're like, but I missed that one hair. And if I just <laughs> took it, then maybe I could sleep tonight. it's like, there it's always good to be naturally hard on yourself. But again, as we were kind of saying, just like, it's just about doing the best you can do. And honestly, with the cameras and things in our phones these days. You can make anything so, look perfect. Uh, it's true. Just throw a little Kylie filter on there and you're <laughs> good. You're brow artist. You're done. It's great.
0: And you've branded yourself so well. You're the brow doc.
1: Yes, that was really funny. That just kind of um, where did I was someone give that to you? Kind of. I had a, a slew of like little nicknames. I find people are really down with like brow nicknames or the brow terminology. As soon as fleeky things became a thing, all of a sudden like the brow vocabulary really really took off. So I was called sometimes the brow whisperer or the or just like it wasn't brow doc but brow doctor. Oh, um, just because I would just have a couple clients that just whenever they got in most, you know, sometimes you do it to yourself. Maybe you couldn't get an appointment and you're at the cottage and you're just left alone with your tweezers <laughs> and it happens real fast. I know it happens. Or
0: you had a little bit too much wine and you're like, you're having one of those, I'm going to cut my own bangs moment or oh, I'm going to do my own brows moment. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a thing. Um, yeah, so... You come to the rescue. Yeah, I, I try. I definitely <laughs> try. And I'm, I, I want that name just so people really f- can know that like, there is a little bit of a science to the brow. And I feel like just um, having a reliable go-to person, like the word doc is kind of like a little bit comforting. And just like, well, I effed this up real bad. I'm just going to go to the doc. Just knowing that there's even comfort in that. I, I, I just liked the name for that. Honestly, it just came to me in the middle of the night. One night I was trying to make like a an email and it was like the brow doc is in. I honestly don't even know how it happened. It just <laughs> created itself. And I didn't really... I wasn't sure if it was going to stick, but, I, but I'm digging it. I'm really digging it. And I feel like some people are, are digging it too, which is great.
0: I love it. And I love nice. the overall vibe in here. I'm going to take some pictures before sure, I head yeah, out. Yeah, sure. But I it's so natural, and you've got some color pops here and there, but again, very industrial, very simple, and really welcoming for the cozy space that it is. You've <laughs> created kind of an oasis. That was kind of what I was going, I like that. Yeah. I, I hadn't come like, to that with word. The gre- yeah, with the greenery, Yeah, and your the space uh, right across from where we're sitting that hanging chair yeah which has become like all the all the rage now those hanging chairs totally
1: <laughs> and it's honestly i'm sorry it's not on the side where i take clients it's for me <laughs> <laughs> it's my chill spot just to take my brow breaks and then i'm so <laughs> fresh for you guys but yeah it's been super super fun just Also stressful because you're like, oh, well, this is adding up a little bit more than I thought. But also (laughs) so Amazon has come to your rescue. 100% bless you, (laughs) Amazon Prime. (laughs) Honestly. But you know what? It's really like the most exciting thing when you've been just like so ready to do this. But turns out you're never actually ready. No. Ever. Um, And actually getting to pick out each little element, a playlist. I got to create my playlist and put on jams that would just give the vibes I want people to have. And it's those little things. It's the little things, and it's just like, oh, that candle smells fresh. And it's, uh, you know, working on some charcoal lemonade, possibly, to just, like, kind of up the hip a little bit. When I asked for some water,
0: everyone, I got the cutest little milk, old-school milk, swing-top bottle, yeah, glass milk container. And I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! You're just it's finding like... every little way to be creative and comforting, and
1: exuding your own style. Yes. Do you want to know what it is? I'm treating this studio like an eyebrow. <laughs> Literally trying to pay attention to each little detail that I can. We'll what an analogy! Like, keeping it real. But then also trying to like show off a bit of myself to people because when you work out of someone else's space People do see you for who you are. Maybe maybe it's the way you dress or how you talk to them, but kind of your space does reflect about a lot about who you are. So I think this might have even just been a side that people have been wanting to get to know about me anyway. It's just like, oh, this is Brie's style. Well, That's pretty cool. And even as you said, when you came up, they're just like, Bree, I haven't known you that long, but this <laughs> feels like your space. And that means so, so much to me. I wanted to create a space for... Um, all my people just, like, super comfortable and pretty, but, like, also, like, again, keyword, comfortable, but then also it's a part of me, and it just makes it, like, an amazing space for me to be in all day long.
0: It must feel like such an amazing release to know, or relief to know that you're able to do that. You're able to express who you are. Big time. Unapologetically. Yep. And... Just sort of rock it and really embrace it. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. But they'll gravitate. And they al- they already do gravitate your- towards how genuine you are, how authentic you are, Thanks. and how great you are with people. And like we said, that's a major part of even being an artist. Totally. Your talent like doesn't just speak for itself.
1: Uh, well, yeah. my, ca- my canvas is not like a piece of paper it's a human it's being. a face it's a human being there <laughs> it's are a face a lot or of layers. A yes yeah. totally yeah. and and people feel my artwork as well so that's like literally no, it and figuratively good the fact that i can thread someone and their eyes are, like, a bit watery and they're a little bit red. And they're like, thank you so much. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> you know? And it's like, it, it really means a lot that you see past the little the little pricks and pinches and stuff and, and a couple threading tears and, and you bring it back to the brows and you're still nice to me and you actually come back. So that's great.
0: <laughs> Brie, thank you so much.
1: Oh, my pleasure. It it's is, been
0: super fun. I know. It's been such a pleasure. I will definitely be back. Even though I have to make a trek, I will. Because my brows look like the... If I could (laughs) even imagine the perfect brow, you did beyond that image. They just look great.
1: I aim to please. What can I say?
0: And if any of you listeners out there are looking for a new brow lady, if you're interested in microblading or getting your makeup done or threading or tinting, have I missed mm-hmm. anything?
1: Um, that's pretty much under that umbrella. Just a little, little <laughs> Stick tattoo and magic. Yep. Stick and pole. But no
0: pressure. <laughs> Absolutely no pressure, but you're missing out <laughs> is, all I, is all I have to say. You can find Brie on Instagram. Yep. The Brow Doc or just Brow Doc? It's
1: actually my long, complicated name. Okay. Is, it's... Brie Bellevance is my handle on Instagram. I will put
0: it in the description
1: of this episode. Yes, which was also (laughs) a nice little lead into maybe I should just be called Brow know, (laughs) That silent G and H will get you. You'll see. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming for you.
0: Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. That was another another episode (laughs) of Inside the Ordinary and I'll catch you guys for the next one.